With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Welcome to the first episode of the new Day Trippers show, The Tactics Board. Um, for those of you that have followed us for a while, you'll know that this is uh, probably something that's quite different for us. Um, we're going to have lots of new exciting shows and content coming over the next few months, and, and this is just the first one of them. So, as always, be kind to us, send us your feedback, let us know what you think. Uh, but as I say, there's a lot more to come from us um, so what I want to do now, just give you a quick, quick mention to our sponsor, uh, our friends down at Jan Janssen IPTV. Um, if you're into your sport, uh, your TV shows, obviously there's loads of uh, rises in the prices of TV now. So uh, Jan can sort you out with all your TV needs uh, for a really competitive price. So if you want to follow him at IPTV for all and use the code LFC. DT, you'll get 20% off your first order. Um, so enough from our sponsor. What I want to do now is invite you to see who tonight's guests are. So tonight's guest, you've obviously got myself, Jamie Home. Uh, we're also pleased to be joined by ex-Nottingham Forest, Leicester, and England under-21 left-back, uh, Alan Rogers. Um, Alan has since made the move into coaching. Uh, in 2011, and has spent time with Tramia, Sligo, and Burnley. Next up, we have Danny Ventry. So the Irish that will be watching us tonight will know Danny well. He made 200 appearances, or nearly 200 appearances for Sligo, where he won five trophies uh, and made the, All uh, the Ireland All-Stars team and is now a UEFA A-qualified coach. And finally, we have a fellow day-tripper and one of the original day-trippers, Stephen Brown, joining from... Uh, the magic of Skype. So, all being well, you'll be able to see the lads now. How are we, gents? Hello, mate. You all right? Not too bad. How are you all getting on? Sounds good. 
Thanks for joining us, Al. Do you want us to talk us through your wins this week, mate? How, how have you got on? Has it been a good or a bad week? Started off brilliant, mate. Tuesday, Wednesday, really good. Thursday, give a bit of back. Had a bit of a disaster today, but just got a lot back then on John S at Dundalk. Oh, so you're in flying form now, then? I am now, yeah. <laughs> good man. Do us a favour, Al. Just pull your camera down slightly there, mate, so we can see your face a little bit more. Actually, Al, will you leave the camera up there, mate? It was better the other way. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Perfect, mate. Um, so, yeah, I guess before we dive into tonight's show, obviously this is this is a new show for the Day Trippers. We want to take a look at the up, upcoming game tomorrow, uh, the opposition, uh, and then spend a little bit more time on Liverpool. But I think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't talk about today's Champions League draw. Um, so, obviously... Uh, Probably didn't go as how many of us other than Steve who predicted it perfectly th- thought it would. Um, so on that, Steve, I'll come to you first, mate. What was uh, what was your reactions to the draw? It was no reaction. It was to be expected. <clears throat> um, I, the last side we wanted was City. Um, then again, we're the only side to beat City in the league this season. Mm. The only side to really pull City apart. Like we look back to the four three match. Never a 4-3 game. Um, we absolutely good. Guardiola was on the sideline. I was at the match. Guardiola was on the sideline. I didn't know what to be doing. He, just, he didn't have an answer for 20 minutes. Hmm. As I said all along, Jay, we can take a game away from any side with those 20 minutes. Um, you're going to be two. It's two entertaining games. It's probably the highest quality quarterfinal in it anyway. Hmm. Uh, it is the tide around. Um, bring it on. That's genuinely bring it on. Good man, I like it. Danny, Danny, what, what, what did you think, mate? Who were you hoping for, first of all, and then what was your reaction? I was looking for the severe or aroma, to be honest. I think they're one of the weakest two sides in in the round. Um, like Stephen said, I was at the Liverpool City game. In fact, I missed the first goal because I was late getting in and I missed the last two goals because I got off two minutes early. <laughs> but, um, I've got nothing... Liverpool have got nothing to fear going into that game. As you said, we beat them. We beat them at home. And to be fair, I think the first leg, with it being at Anfield, I know people want the second leg at Anfield for the big push, what's happened in previous years. But I think with it being at home and the way we have got results against them recently, I think it will benefit us. That's just my take on it. Hmm. What about you, Al? What was your first uh, first thoughts? I think it's the worst side we could have, could have got, I'm being honest with you. Yeah. You know, I know. I think the game. You look at the games we played against in the season, and you know the five no one. I thought Liverpool were well in the game early on until the sending off. Mm. Um, you know, in the home game, yeah, Liverpool dominated it. But towards the end, we were hanging on. Mm. That's a fact. We were hanging on, and they could have nicked. They could have nicked the draw late on. I, 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 I agree. I think. I think one thing, and, and to be honest, I mean, from from my side, yeah, it wasn't an ideal draw. I, I, I don't think. I'm not fearful of City, and I think the lads have, have touched on a couple of good points there. I think, stylistically, I think we're set up quite well to match them. And I think yeah. what you said there, Al, you know, before... If you look at the, the Mane sending off in the first game, before that sending off, we must have carved them open about three or four yeah. times. So, so I definitely think there's chances there for, for us. And I think, to touch on the point there about us getting uh, a little bit nervous towards the end of the, the game at Anfield... I, I think now that we've got Virgil van Dijk, if you look at the type of goals that we conceded towards the end of that game, it, we, we lacked a presence. And, you know, yourself as a, as a defender, 
you, you can probably see the calmness that he brings across the back four. Yeah, he's a, look, look, he's going to be... I don't even think we've seen the best of him. And I've been mightily impressed with what I've seen of him so far. He is a calm and a he seems to be a bit of a leader and you can see him dominating plays around him. Hmm. So I, I do think we've, you know, he's going to be phenomenal for Liverpool. Hmm. I just think, you know, I look at this Man City team now and the, the danger from all over the place and over two legs. Um, yeah, I don't like to say it. I just think it's that I'm not too sure that we can beat them over two legs. Is hmm. my honest opinion. Hmm. I would have loved to see. It. I would have loved to see us get Real Madrid. I think we do. I think we do cause. Real, I don't think Real Madrid has been able to live with us. Hmm. You know, I think we would do. I think we do contain their attack and threat, Real Madrid. Um, and there's not a chance Real Madrid could have contained the front three of Liverpool's. Mm. I was open for Real Madrid, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think one thing that's kind of suits us, in, in particularly in knockout stages, is that teams have, have got to come out a little bit. And I think that's, that's where, with City in particular, because they attack so much, it leaves them open to the counter. And I think that's why this game, you know, over the two legs, you could be looking at something silly like a five-all because there's yeah. just goals all over the place. Um, and, and Danny, just to come to you, do you think, you know, as we get to the latter stages now, with it being City, do you think... Uh, as much as to be said for for home and away an advantage, you know, uh, you know, a lot of fans are saying that they would have liked to have had Anfield in the second leg. Uh, do you think that carries much weight in this game? For me, I, I, what I said, I went back on what I said before is in previous rounds it has done. It's benefited Liverpool. You know, the likes of the Chelsea games down the years. That's where it's been good for us. But I don't know. As I said, I went to the game at City and I thought. We press well from the front. Now, they do take chances at the back, in particular John Stones. Hmm. He leaves short passes now and again at times. And the way our front three press and the midfield back up behind them, if they're going to play like that early on at Anfield and it goes the way it, had, it did go, I think we could mm, yeah. get the tight yeah. run in the first leg. That's me being optimistic, being a Liverpool fan, but it could be one of them nights again. That, then, uh, we're optimists here, mate. That's good. I like it. It's good. What Alan said, <laughs> I think it was was their first goal, Sane at Anfield, where Carius's hand, Carius's hands were made of chocolate. Yeah. yeah, the pass was over Arnold's head. Hmm. Did he go for the for the head and missed it? Sane brought it down and weaved through and scored. Yeah, I think it was Gomez. Yeah, he, he misjudged oh, it. Gomez or Arnold was it? Yeah, Gomez, Gomez. I think, mate. On the touchline, the ball he misjudged it, went over his head. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one it is between them two. So, I don't know. They're both two young lads laying in the trade, but I think it's a great draw. Yeah, and and this is the thing, you know. I think you know. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We'll move on to Watford now. But I think from from our side, we were always going to play top sides. That's what we want to be involved in. Yeah, it's not ideal, and and I think from my side, it's more that I would have liked one of the European giants, a proper away day, uh, rather than you know the short trip to Manchester. Um, I'll come to you to finish, Steve. Being the optimist here, what if you're going to make an early prediction over the two legs, mate? What are you going to go? What are you going to go with? Um, we, as the lad said, like we could take that game away from City in the first leg. In 20 minutes of the first leg, we could just wipe that game away. Um, the way City play, we'll press them high. It a lot depends on the teams that we're going to. Both sides are going to put out. Uh, City have United on the Saturday, hmm. which could wrap up the league. Uh, we have the Derby on the Sunday, um, which is crazy. Hmm. It, it's I think it's been moved to the Saturday now, has it? 12 o'clock kickoff. 
Yeah. Is it going to yeah. definitely make a difference? He moved to our 12 kickoff shot yeah. in Liverpool. Today, now we. That's going to make a big difference. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's, it all depends on the teams put out. It's, it, Klopp has the best record of any manager against Guardiola. Mm. Um, it's just so, it's fascinating. It really is. It's not a game where you can go, oh, we should. Like, it's not Roma or Seville where we're going in as favourites. Mm. Um, and we've seen the other night that having home advantage second leg isn't all it's made up to be. Mm. You know, you didn't have to approach the game after the first leg. Um, whereas we have Anfield, we'll have Anfield rocking. On um, the Wednesday night, put the fucking shits up, City. They're not going to experience that. The whole it's the myth of Anfield on the Europe on a European night is different to anywhere. Like anyone that's been to Anfield on a European night will tell you that. Yeah, I, I remember the, the the Chelsea game. The, the you know the cameras the cameras were actually shaking at the ground. Yeah. The noise the noise was that I was much. In the, I was in the car that night, and it was it genuinely felt like it was bouncing. Yeah, my, my brother got my ticket. I was absolutely devastated. But fair play to him. He said it was the best thing that he's, you know, he's ever been involved in. The fans were in early, generating an atmosphere. And I think this is probably one of the biggest European tyres probably since then. Um, so I've got, you know, other than the Dortmund game, and you can see the power of Anfield when it's, when it's rocking. Um, right, what I want to do, lads, I want to move on to Watford a little bit because I'd say the City, the City game in itself is probably a separate podcast. Um, so if we, if we look to tomorrow, I mean, I had a, a, a little bit of a, a look at, I suppose, Watford, how they've been doing. And, and they're a strange team to kind of analyse because they're very Jekyll and Hyde and it's probably why they're sort of mid-table. Uh, you know, we're probably seeing now that you've got the... The, you know, the top four, you know, top six teams who are in the league of their own. Uh, one thing that I did notice since the new managers come in, you know, they've changed the shape. Um, they've got some good, you know, good results. Uh, you know, three wins in the last five is is a real upturn for them. Um, one thing that would be good news for us is that they haven't won an away game uh for, for the last eight. So, you know, the omens are looking good there and they've got a few injuries. Um, but I wanted to sort of bring it to, to the lads because I know myself having had new managers sort of come and go, uh, you know, particularly sort of in non-league, you know, you, you don't have managers sort of stay that long and they tend to bring in their own players. So I sort of wanted to, to bring this to, to Danny and to, to Al first in terms of with new managers, you know, they, they look to try and implement new ideas. Um, I know under Marco Silva, they'd been playing a 3-5-2 um, and they sort of shifted. Um, they've shifted now to a four-two-three-one. Um, how, how long, in, in your experience, lads, do you, does it usually take for managers to start to get their ideas across and for the team to start, I guess, reflecting their philosophies? Um, you know, beyond the initial bump of "look, we want to impress the new manager." When do the, the ideas start to come through in 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 the, in the, in the style of play? I like you, Goldani. You've had more managers sacked than me with your performance. <laughs> <laughs> enough. Yeah. Anyway, so that'll do. Um, it depends on the players, the manager. For me, if a manager comes in and I think he's got to get experienced, lads, on the side early on. I've had a manager before where he's come in and that's upset experienced players in the changing room, mm. and they have a big effect. Um, but if you get them on side early doors, they can relay the messages that he's after and. And apply that on the pitch. Now that could come within a week or two. Mm. But as you say, if he brings in his own players, you know, new surroundings, new players, new teammates to get to know, that could take, you know, as long as two, three, four months. Mm. And by that time, a lot of the portion of the season's gone. 
and to decide where you end up in the league. But what I'd like is if I was to have another new manager, you know, not change drastically from what they used to. All right, they might be getting bad results, and something has got to change. But if you change a lot in a short space of time, I think you're just asking for the trouble, mate. And what about you, Al? I'd say over the course of of your career, you've come across many, many new managers. What have been yeah. the sort of, I guess, the the biggest th- things you've learned as a player when new managers come in? Uh, you know, what have been the pitfalls that they fell into and, and what's worked well? I've had a few, to be fair. It's particularly the, the time I spent at Forest when we uh, we went from Dave Bassett and come into Ron Atkinson and, you know, Big Ron was proper old school. Um and he just kind of, he was he was a character, he, you know, he was a big personality and he it kind of rubbed off. Um, and it was enjoyable, he didn't try and be too clever and too much, he just trained, he just turned training into more enjoyable. Um, you know, and, and it kind of worked because we never won a game, it was in the Premier League before us, we never won a game in about 19 and then we, we beat Everton away at Goodison. Hmm. In one of his first, I think it was his first game actually, we beat Everton away at Goodison. But then on the flip side, I've had Gary Megson who come in at Forest. Hmm. And he come in and he just he he was an he was a joke. He just come in with this bravado where I'm the main man and yeah. you know threw all of his experienced players out of the way and it backfired on him and he got relegated hmm. and nearly got nearly got relegated again the following season and got the sack. So it depends how you come in. You know you look you look at Watford. You know we're going we're talking about Watford on Saturday. They changed the manager and they have changed the formation. But the personnel, it's still the same. Hmm. You know, so it's not as if he's coming in and he's making seven or eight or nine changes from the personnel. So all he's doing, he's coming in and he's thinking with the formation, which if it's only the formation you're working at, you, you know, players can adapt to that in a week or two weeks and, you know, on training ground work. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, if we do, if we look at Watford, uh, you know, as, as a shape, I think, you know, I, I've pulled up on the graphic there a couple of players to watch. I, I, I think, from 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 my sort of limited experience, uh, you know, in those first couple of weeks, you don't want to rock the boat. You want to try and solidify. Yeah. You don't want to start losing games. If you can start nicking points and getting points on the board, it gets the players, you know, on buying into what the manager's trying to achieve. And I think with Watford, when you look at their eleven, the foundation that they have with Kapue, um, you know, and Decore, they're two monsters of midfielders and having them both sat shielding in front of the, the back four. Look, if you're going away to the top the top six, you're always going to struggle. If you can nick something even better. But they've been turning in good performances against the teams that they'd be hoping to beat. Um, and I suppose as a manager, if you've got that protection, you're always in, in with a shout of winning a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you are. Um, do you want to go, Steve? Yeah, um, <clears throat> looking at the two lads, as Jamie said there, Decore has looked like a revelation for Watford this season. Um, they have missed uh, Shabala, or Nathan Shabala, is that his name? Is that how you say it? Um, yeah, he's a very good player, very impressive in the games that I've seen so far this season. But Kapu is a quality footballer when he's given time and space, as any Premiership footballer really is. But... Um, Decore is an interesting one. He's a player I'd like to look at. Between, he'd be, I think you could put him in the best of the rest of the Premiership. Him between himself and um, Indeedy from Leicester in that position. Um, there's not many better players in outside the top six than the two lads, anyway. And Danny, I'll, I'll come to you because I, I, I think now you know you look at Pep in particular. 
you know, he's got systems on the ball, off the ball. He's constantly tweaking and changing. And, and this is something that I've, I've, I've been thinking of late. Do you think a lot is made of, you know, the, the formations at the start of the game? Because there's so many different systems, as I said, that you can have when the ball's in a certain part of the pitch. You know, when you lads have been doing your badges, for example, um, would you be having different systems for various different parts on the pitch? Let's say the ball's in, on the right-hand side, you'll have a particular shape. Do you think there's a bit too much made on now in terms of the starting positions of the players? In the starting positions, maybe, yes, because I think the quality of the players they've got, they could end up anywhere, hmm. any area in the field, and you know, and can make things happen. I was at the Wigan-Man City game. Now, I know it's an FA Cup game, it's different, and it's on the night and stuff. But De Bruyne, come on, and I watched him for the time he was on. He weren't on long, but every player just tried to give him the ball. Hmm. He just hung out on the left wing, but then within... 10 seconds, 12 seconds, he'd be on the right-hand side, entering the box from that side. So, I think you've seen Pep with the inverted full-backs as well, mm. where they come in front of the, the two centre-halves and then the two kind of wingers dropped into full-backs and a lot of rotation. So, you've got quality team, quality players. They can all handle the ball. Mm. I think, as you say, the starting positions of them, all right, it gives you the a brief idea where they may be for the majority of the game, but you know, the movements of them is unbelievable at times, and, and that's how they get out. You see the short corners they even do. Mm. I think when they played Burnley in one of the games, they done every every corner was short because mm. they knew they stuck in the box. They weren't going to win a header. Yeah, and they back themselves when in possession. You look at you look at David exactly. Silva for example. Tight areas can recycle the ball, and and that's what I suppose when you when you're the likes of a Watford and you're coming away to a to a city, you're coming away to an Anfield. Uh, you know, it's it's such a big task for them because you know when you watch the lads live, particularly Liverpool, you know we set traps all over the pitch for teams. Yeah. We 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 bait them forward, and then once they you know they they the pressure maybe gets them. It's a misplaced pass. You know, a yard left, yard right. And we're away, and it's the red red arrows, you know. Um, and and you Firmino, think... he start he started all off for me. Firmino was way played off the ball. He he closes down from behind midfielders and nicks it that way. And a new break, and it's kind of like rush what he used to do. Mm. He used to drop in and nick the ball. Yeah, like for, for the for, for the player, you can see why he's so popular amongst the, amongst the team. Uh, you know, because when he's on song, he does so much work. And as you can see, the the, the players that move off the back of him, uh, you know, they're all so well drilled. Um, and and just to to sort of bring it back to to, to Watford a little bit, I, I was kind of having a look. Particularly off the back, and I don't want to spend too much time, I suppose, on on the United game. I think it's been it's been done to death, and and but I do think there's going to be potentially some parallels uh, between potentially how Watford could look to exploit Liverpool tomorrow. Um, and Steve, I'll, I'll come to you on this one because you've you've been quite vocal in your. Uh, your praise for uh, Rich Arlison. He, you know, he's, he's really st- starting to light the, the Premier League up. Um, and he looks to try and do a little bit of damage from the left, doesn't he? Yeah, look, it says on the graphic there that he's playing as a 10, but it's actually Pereira that drops in as a 10, which Arlison plays mainly from the left. From what I've seen of Watford, anyway, I'm not going to claim to seeing every single game, but from what I've seen, he attacks, he comes deep from the left. Um, he's surprisingly physical, which mm. for a young Brazilian lad, 
you're coming into the Premiership in your first season, you don't you don't expect him to be physical. Um, he scored a surprising amount of headed goals. He gets a lot of headed chances coming in and putting his head in places where you're not expect. Like he gets a lot of kicks in the head, surprisingly coming in at the back stick. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's tidy. He's nice. He's tidy. He's fast. Um, he'd be a worry. He's gonna look to play off Dean. Hmm. Um, like, I don't see Watford coming out. I see Watford playing a similar game plan to United played last Saturday. Yeah. Um, they're going to want to hit Deeney early, if it is Deeney or Akaka. Hit, hit whoever it is up early and get Richarlison, Perea around them. That's mm. how gonna, and it is going to be interesting whoever does start right back for us tomorrow. <coughs> well, they're going to have to keep an eye on Richarlison drifting in because that's what he wants to play. What's what he wants to do? He wants to get on the second ball while drifting. And you're right, it's funny you say that, because I, I was having a look uh, over the last couple of days at sort of the influence that the players have been having in the last few games. Um, and if you if you look at the graphic that's on the screen now, you can see that Richarlison pulls into that wide left area. And, I, and I've uh, read a piece on Football Whispers today, Sam Maguire, who said that he's actually got, um, you know, he wins more aerial duels than Lukaku. So if you're looking at United, for example, the game at the weekend, um, you know, it was a clear tactic from Mourinho to probably beat our press, go long, uh, go direct, and probably try and hit lo- the you know the, the the channel between Lovren um, and and Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, so that I, I can see that being a, a worry or a plan of theirs tomorrow. And I want to c- kind of come to you on this, Al, as as a defender. Um, and again, I don't want to harp you know too much on the United game, but. If we were to see something, you know, on the screen now, if we if, if we look at the shape, the basic shape uh, of the game against United, from your experience, what would you want to see if Watford start doing this tomorrow? <clears throat> you can see Lovren's engaged with Lukaku. Um, I've got my thoughts, but it's not about me. I want to I want to get your your thoughts on sort of where you feel the players should be here um, in in the graphic on the screen. I can't see the graphic on the screen. Um, is it? Have you got it up? Yeah, is the graphic? Can you see the graphic there, lads? I can, no. No. Yeah. It's, not on, it's not on Sky, Jay. It's not coming up on the screen. It's coming up for the Periscope. Okay, no problem. Um, so if you think to think then, Al, it, you know, Lukaku's yeah. dropped off a little bit from the back four. Um, you know, do, is the question, does Lovren go and engage him? Does he follow that run? Um, you know, what would you want your defenders to do there? Or would you want the midfield to take him off, you know, uh, you know, yeah. off his place? First and foremost, you can see that Mourinho, Mourinho targeted the Liverpool right-hand side. It's as clear as day like that. Hmm. And, you know, I think you, I think you could clearly see as well um, I'll have to go get my charge in a minute. Lads, my lad's been on my iPad. I've only got five percent. <laughs> no you problem. can clearly see, you know, that Lukaku was just targeting himself on Lovren at all times. Hmm. Now, you know, and I thought too much is made of uh, Trent Arnold as well because he's a young kid learning the game. But you can also yeah. see his defensive side of the game is not there yet hmm. because as soon as your centre half is going to go up to, win, to you know to challenge the centre forward as a fullback, you you automatically took yourself right the way round. You know, just defend the what ifs. Yeah. What if you lose the ball? And really, if Lovren just so if, if Lovren loses the ball, which he did, Trent Arnold should be tucked around a little bit. So he should be just sweeping that up. So he flicks it on. Trent Arnold looks at play, brings it down, and clears the ball. Hmm. Yeah. I personally don't think Trent Arnold is an out and out fullback yet. He's hmm. got fan, he's got everything in the making to be one, but his defensive side of the game isn't there. He's got other qualities. And I've got no doubt about it tomorrow that Watford will target the same. I don't think Liverpool will play the same personnel. 
we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute because we've uh, we've uh, we've all picked our 11s for tomorrow yeah. and I don't think that one of the sides is the same so yeah. um, just going going back to that you know I do think Watford because this Carlton is is phenomenal in the air he really is mm. you know for the size I think Steve just said then he, is the amount of area duels he wins is phenomenal mm. so they will target Liverpool's right hand side uh, tomorrow that is no no shadow of a doubt about that mm. I remember watching. Sorry, Jay, I remember watching him against Chelsea. Give me two minutes while I get a charger. No problem, mate. We obviously get the live three o'clock kickoffs. Remember towards the start of the season, he was playing against Chelsea, and um, uh, Moses basically just tried to kick him out of the game. They just all he done was try and kick him out of the game, mm. and he stood up to everything that they threw at him, and then still went and scored. I think he scored twice that day. Yeah, they were beaten. I think it was four. I think they were beaten four two or something along them lines. Anyway. But he, he's a serious danger tomorrow as well. Mm. And, and, I, and I think you touched on it before, Steve, you know, in terms of where the personnel, you know, which players are going to occupy which space. And I get the sense with the, 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 the three behind the one, uh, you know, in behind Dini, there's a lot of movement there. So we'll have to be, you know, the, the lads in, in defensive midfield, whether it's Henderson, Chan, uh, there's going to be a lot of communication from the back four just to make sure that we're tracking those runners. Yeah, Perez is like the, the lad Perez is a good player. Like he was playing with Juventus, he signed from Juventus, so he's no fucking mug, like you know what I mean? Mm. But he is, he's Uruguayan international, so he's tidy, as you'd expect from a South American footballer. But mm. it's, I think the the players off them, like you're saying. The players off the runs off what he's gonna win. You like this, do you? Yeah, it's it, that's what it's all about. It, as I said, it depends whether it is Danny. Um like we see in the first game of the season the problems that a carca causes. Now, obviously, it was under Marcus Silva, and as you said, Jay, it was a 3-5-2, so it's a completely different formation. But Lukaku's a very good... He's not he's not great, but he's big, physical, similar build to Lukaku. He's not as good, obviously, as Lukaku. But it's basically we're having, it's the same challenge a week later. Yeah, and, and I think what, what I thought was impressive or clever from Lukaku and clearly a tactic was to stay away from Van Dijk. You know, Van Dijk can't follow him over there you know, he just went and stood on Lover and every single time. But I just think it's a case of a little bit of communication and a little bit of nous. You know, Danny, you're a, you know, you're a midfielder. If you, you can drop in there, your centre-back tells you, look, do me, do me a favour, sit on his toes. Any of, yeah. you know, any of the bits here, just, just get touch tight. Don't let him get away. Make sure that we're getting the bits. Uh, I'll put enough pressure on him from behind so he's not getting a clear control of the ball and then you're in, you're recycling the ball and we're away. Exactly, I've done it many times before. I've, you know, just something what I was going to say to you is just back in midfield, midfield is sitting on his toes. Let him try and have a little challenge with him, drop off. Hmm. He might just flick one onto your chest, you bring it down, and you know, as Alan said, you recycle the ball, you put the ball back. Hmm. You fall back some players around, you've got to sack them runners. Exactly. For me, going off the, um, the, the clip you've got on, on Periscope there is. No, for me, Virgil van Dijk should be organising a little bit more. Hmm. That, line is, that line is horrific, isn't it? Looking at it from the screenshot, the line yeah. is fucking horrendous. From a goal pitch. They're, like, they're in between, they're doing neither or, so I think it's Chan, was it, on the day? Just go and stand on his toes. Yeah, Chan well, and Tain, I, I had a big yeah. issue with that. I'm not, I know we don't want to get back into the United, but I had a massive Chan got away with fucking murder last Saturday. How... It, if... If I'm playing centre-half, I want my holding midfielder to come and stand in front of him and then I can drop 10 yards. Exactly. You can always go and attack the ball. 
just played in short. But, you know, exactly. in a position, your position, his position to begin with was all wrong, and it was right throughout the game. Yeah. I would, hopefully, they've learned lessons now for, for tomorrow. Yeah. You know, or I can, you know, the, 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 the elite players can beg on not going to Lukaku mm. and just say to Lukaku, look, you go and stand there, you go and play left centre half. Yeah. I'll sort out. The elite players, purely playing on the left or right. Will mean nothing to them. But you know what's funny, Danny? And, and whilst I agree, I was, I was uh, listening to a, to another podcast the other day, and they made a great point. Uh, it was the lads on tour, and they said um, Lovren backs himself. You know, he's played against Lukaku many a time. You know, particularly against yeah. the Blues, and even against United. You know, United. He's dominated Lukaku. So one-on-one, you know, you can't blame this, the guy for saying to himself, do you know what? No, I, I'm, I'm going to do this here. And I think, you know, you're always going to lose headers. We've all, we've all lost headers. It happens. Sometimes someone just gets, gets up a little bit quicker and you can't get to the ball. And that's where, for me, the, the, the focus should be more on the players around him. You know, Al touched on Trent before. I don't think he's a naturally defensive-minded uh, right-back. So maybe his focus wasn't on, OK, I can see from Lukaku's jump he's going to get ahead. I'm just going to start backtracking now. Maybe he's not that, you know, wired that way. And then you can see, uh, see Van Dijk there. He's got to be able to anticipate that Lukaku's got to jump on there and start to, to make, uh, make tracks. That's why Chan's getting away with Marouda, Jamie. Mm. Because if Chan is standing in front of Lukaku, Lovren drops and there's no gap. Yeah. Yeah. Flicks it on to you and you're just yeah. it down. Flicks it on, Lovren, Lovren takes it down and it's away we go again. Right there. The last, the last thing I want. Do you see that Al there said that he, <laughs> he said he wanted to get a charger and he comes back with a pint of Guinness? Did anyone notice that? <laughs> right. I don't want to. Uh, one final thing I want to just touch on just with uh, Watford before we move on to, to Liverpool. Um, one, one thing that Liverpool have notoriously struggled with, I guess, when teams come to Anfield, not so much this season, which I'm pleased to say, is teams that have that sort of double pivot, two players that are sat in front of, uh, you know, the back four. Um, what would what would you say, Danny? You know, what would be the best way? Or, and I'll bring you in as well, Al. What would be the best way to disrupt those two players that are intent on sitting in front of the back four? Uh, you know, how, you know, how would you go about if you were a manager trying to move them around and create spaces? I think tomorrow Liverpool may go with a one in midf- you know, a three in midfield, but a one sitting and a two occupy- occupying them two. Now Anderson will start feeding the players in front of him if I think he's playing. I'll bring your team up on the screen now, Danny Scenes, as you jumped into it, mate. So talk us through it. So we had to like I'm saying, I think Anderson will be the one sitting. Yeah. Maybe maybe doing it the toes of um just like we were talking about before. And then off that, feeding the balls. He's got a good range of passion now, Anderson. He, he always getting he got better as his kiddie has gone on at Liverpool. So I think my team is Oxley Chamberlain and Chan in front of him. Is that correct? Yeah. I think you changed yours last minute, mate, and you had Shannon Wijnaldum. No, that wasn't me. Was that not you? Blame, blame me. That, that's uh, yeah. that's me putting the wrong one up. We we were doing well without any technical difficulties there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't me. So don't blame me on that one. So I think the movements of Oxlade Chamberlain and around them two will disrupt them. And I think you've got Salah gives you some width at times, and he tap, he attacks from wide positions and comes in narrow. You've got to you've got to move the ball from side to side quickly mm. to open space down the sides. Our fullbacks will hopefully get forward and put some decent balls in the box. But I think that's how you get round them two. 
old midfielders for Watford. And that's and, and that's why you've gone with uh, Arnold and Robertson to try and stretch the pitch and I guess try and keep it as open as possible. Exactly, and I think Henderson the range of passing may bring that in. The quicker you move from side to side, the more you know, more space there is to attack down the sides and you might see a few balls whipped across the box tomorrow. That's on my opinion. Liverpool don't always play that way, but and, and, I think to get round the shape they're going to play I think that's how you get around it. and just just on that I mean you touched on, on Henderson there he's such a he seems such a devi- divisive figure I suppose for a lot of Liverpool fans me, me personally I, I don't quite understand it I, I think he recycles the ball you know he moves the ball very quickly uh, he's got a good range of passing I think he's growing into the leadership role um, from from your side Steve just to uh, to bring you in on Henderson do you think when he doesn't play we, we, we're starting to notice it more now yeah, we are. Um, we noticed it last Saturday. Uh, we don't move the ball quick enough without him. Um, like, as you said, people have opinions on Henderson, whether he's good enough, whether he's captain material, whatever it may be. But the thing to look at it is when he plays, his, oh, it sounds fucking wanky, but his vertical passing, one and two, like what Chan does in four touches, Henderson does in two. Every, if he can do one touch, he does one touch. If he can do two, if he has to take two, he has to take two. But everything's just moved quicker. Everything's just fed into Firmino, fed out wide. Everything is just moved quicker, and it moves teams around quicker as well. Um, he has that ball, the Henderson ball, where it comes to him, and he, it's a like a whip diagonal ball over the over the, between the centre back and the full back, and it just works perfectly. It's just his ball, but it's the fact that he moves, he moves the ball quicker. That's I think we lose so much without him there. We lost, we seen it last Saturday where we didn't move the ball quick enough at all. And that was the whole game we were slow, ponderous mm. with Henderson there. And he's not forcing it because he has he has the ability to do it. So it's not that he a sentiment feel like he's trying to force, force, force all the time. Yeah, and and and, it's, and I think that sort of ties in nicely to what Danny was saying. You know, if you've got these two centre midfielders for Wofford who are sat in front of a back four and you need to try and move them around. As you said there, Henderson's doing things in two touches where Chan's doing it in four. If we want to try and move players around, we've got to do it quickly. We've got to try and disrupt their shape. Uh, And I think particularly against United uh, last week, and I keep keep going back to that, but I think there will be some parallels. You know, they they did sit quite deep. Um... You know, when you look at that game, I, I think they kind of, um, uh, you know, I, I think they kind of got back to, into a situation where they kept us very narrow. Um, I'm going to just pull up a graphic here just of the, the, the game itself. And you can see how narrow we were when we played. Uh, you know, if you look there, you can see that it's very congested in the middle of the park. Um, and, you know, for all the ball that we had against United... You know, we didn't really create many clear-cut chances. So, so what I want to kind of throw to you is, do you think from the game last week, is that a bit of a blueprint in how to, try to, to beat this Liverpool side? I think it is. Uh, we nullified them. Um, in the, well, I wouldn't say midfield, but... They got plays in and around where the areas Salah comes into, Mane comes into, and I think with the Valencia and Young options, they have a fullback. They're two very good fullbacks for me. Hmm. They were not wing. They were playing Valencia and Young were playing as nearly centre halves. They were tucked in so narrow that they were playing as centre half. Well, they were playing five yards rather than the 
attack and instinct, and then the pace of Rashford, Rashford you know, pull their full back a little bit more. You know, so is it the blueprint to beat Liverpool? I don't know. I don't know. It could have been an off day for us, which well, it was. We hope. <laughs> yeah. um, as other teams done it in the past, yeah. Now that's what Watford might bring into the game tomorrow. So now we know what we're up against, which you know, at home, you know, we're, we're very strong at home. So mm. I think we see Liverpool winning comfortably tomorrow, mate. I, lo- I love the optimism. Steve, coming, coming to you, mate. Uh, your, your eleven uh, that you sort of went with. You, you opted for Gomez in at full right full tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, purely because of what we talked about already. That they are Dini is going to pull left. He's going to try and get Richarlison involved, who will try and win his own headers as well. He's not. He's not matter. He's not going to stand and wait for a knockdown. Look, he will try and win his own headers. Gomez, I think. Is oh, well, it's pretty obvious, like he's six foot three, whatever size he is, he's bigger than Alexander Arnold. Yeah, um, ideally, trying to be back, but hopefully, he's back for the Champions League. Actually, that's something that we didn't speak about. Um, but if Gomez is, I prefer Gomez tomorrow purely for the physical side of the game. Um, I think, as you see from my team, I think Matter plays for passing uh, again for his passing into midfield and quality passing midfield with his ball with passes along the deck, which. Lovren's very good on the ball, but all he wants to do is play a Hollywood pass 60, par- 60 yards over full-back's head. Mm. Whereas Matip actually actively looks to get involved, carries the ball forward, doesn't carry the ball into midfield, but will carry the ball further forward and then look for a pass. Yeah, and, and I think from, you know, from, from my side, I, I kind of... I, I like Trent at fullback. Um, you know, I prefer. I definitely prefer him going forward. Uh, but I think you know, touched on the, the things. You know, in terms of the the long balls. Um, you know, Rich Allison coming at, coming from the left, uh, being strong in the air. I'd echo those sentiments in terms of Gomez. Just take Trent out of the firing line. Um, you know, for, for for a couple of games after the United game. Um, and and I'll come to you, Al. You've you've joined us again, mate. Where did you where did yeah, you go there? <laughs> No worries, no worries. Um, we were just talking about, I guess, the the, the Liverpool lineup tomorrow, um, and particularly the back four. Uh, who would your back four be? Um, I think I had. Um, did I have Trent? You did, mate. Sure, I, had, I think I had Trent uh, right back, uh, and I'd like to see Gomez be given a chance at centre half, mate. Yeah, that was the controversial one that you'd pre- you'd play Big Joe with uh, uh, right centre back alongside Van Dijk. I would, yeah. Um, I think he's. I think he's very good in the air. Go, uh, Gomez. He's quick. No, he's gone. <laughs> is he, he, he lost us again. That internet's not working too well, there, is it? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Trent and Lovren there. I think they learned from last week. Mm. I, said, I, I know you said about the fire line, but I keep them in there. Hmm. It is going to look harsh on Trent tomorrow if he does get dropped for Gomez, whoever it may be. Hmm. It is going to look harsh. That's what I'm thinking. The only thing is um, that it's it's not going to come as a, any rotation tomorrow isn't going to come as a surprise because Klopp has rotated so much this season. Hmm. And that, and I think that's one of the things that's pleased me the most, I suppose, from this year is that Klopp learns on his feet. 
he doesn't seem to make the same mistake twice. You know, we burnt out massively last year. You know, transfers are something different. He's his own man there. And, you know, I, I think he's got his own philosophy. But I think when you look particularly at how he's used his players this year, the rotation policy, as you said, rightly said there, Steve, I don't think it would come at any great shock. And with the games that we've got coming up, you know, I, I think managers are now looking in sort of blocks of five games. It's not, it's not very much, look, let's see who's fit for, for the game at the weekend. It's very much planned ahead where players are going to get those rest games. Um, and I think this would be a, maybe a chance just to give Trent a little bit of uh, a respite, get him out of the public eye. And, and, and I think, you know, aside from the defence, uh, you know, one thing that, that interests me, particularly in these games where teams come to sit deep, is the midfield. Now, my, my personal opinion would be at home against a team that sits deep. I don't think we need a Henderson and a Chan. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that would try and get both players in the team. Um, I think it's an either-or for me. And, and based on the fact that Henderson moves the ball a little bit quicker, I'd probably opt for him. Uh, what would your thoughts be on that, Danny? I get what you're saying. Now, I've seen Chan play a little bit further forward um, when he first comes to the pool. So I think he can do a job in that area. I get what you're saying. Hmm. And you, it look like it'll be a 4-2-1-3. Just my opinion that I think he, he could do a job further up the field. Hmm. And, you know, if I'm thinking about set pieces as well. He's a big lad, Chan. Hmm. I think he might come and play percentage football, play for uh, free kicks, corners. If you have got some play, big, big players in the team, hmm. you know, you've got them in midfield as well, Charles. So Charleston, you've said, Soidini, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, that we could get caught on a set piece. So for me, that's why I've got Chan Henderson, Van Dyke, and centre-half, um, Lovren again. Yeah. You know, that's four, four decent headers of the ball. All right, Lovren has missed a couple of headers last week in United, but for me, I'm thinking set piece-wise as well. Hmm. But we can't be vulnerable at set pieces. So, all right, great going forward. Just have a little bit of strength and steel on set pieces as well. That's my reason why Chan's in the team. Yeah. They've conceded the most amount of set piece goals in the league, haven't they? Yeah, they've got a really poor, poor record, actually. I see, again, that was shout out to Sam Maguire in his, in his piece yeah. today. He was saying that. Uh, and, and it was the same with Arsenal. They'd started quite well against Arsenal. Then they give a, a sloppy goal away. I think it was Mustafi scored from a corner. And then, you know, your best your plans are, are out the window then. Um, one, one, one thing I want to bring to, to you, Danny, just, just quickly is, you know, when you're doing your coaching courses, you know, and you're putting on sessions, um, and, and obviously as your time as a player, let's say, for example, you're Watford, uh, you know, you're going to come up against a very particular type of side in Liverpool, um, you know, you can't switch off for a second, um, what would that week look like, you know, what would that week look like, or what would those sessions look like in the lead up to the game, uh, you know, is it very much sort of, fa- you know, uh, phase play where, you know, there'll be different scenarios and the players have got to react based on on where the ball is and, and where the manager expects them to be. What would the training look like in the build-up to a big game? I think, yeah, a lot of shape. A lot of shape work within the week. Mm. Um, in different areas of the pitch, different scenarios. For a player, it's quite boring. But I think with the, the level of the Premier League, every point is vital when you're the likes of a club like Watford. You know, how to stifle Salah, Mane... Firmino in the areas where they're going to receive the ball I think their two midfielders would have a lot of work to do mm. off the ball they probably play some more industrial players who can, can get around the pitch and that might take away from them going forward mm. you're coming to that field remember 
Yeah. So, you know, all right, they have won the last three, three games, did you say? Yeah, three out of the last five. Yeah, so, you know, you get a point at Anfield, it's a great point. So, for me, I would work on certain areas when, the, let's say, the ball's with our centre-half. Hmm. Where do we want to show them? I'd be looking at the weakest player in the opposition team who is not the greatest on the ball. Hmm. Try and pick one of them in the Premier League, which would be a tough job. But for me, the Lovren, as you say, hmm. let Lovren have the ball. Everyone else get tucked in, narrow, tight, get a good shape. You might see two banks of four. Hmm. You might see a four or five. You might even see four and six behind the ball for Watford tomorrow at times. Hmm. They're little things you'd look at. And they'd look to exploit the space where our two centre-halves split. Liverpool a lot. Hmm. And three balls through the centre of the half with a little bit of pace up front. Just hmm. trouble at times. Hmm. Just little things like that. And I'd look at every goal that Liverpool have conceded in the past few weeks. And try and replicate for my team. Look, this is where we can hit Liverpool. Hmm. It will be a tedious week, and you've got to get the players on side to do that. But you know, you come and you come to Anfield and take a point as a player. Yeah, I think that's a great point for Watford. Yeah, that, the week very tedious, but you know what you're coming for. And, ju- and ju- to, to come to you, Steve, do you think now, just off the, the back of what Danny was saying there, you know, looking for a trend in the type of goals that we uh, concede, do you think now, obviously with the introduction of Van Dijk, um, you know, do you think that there's been a shift in the mentality now of the lads? Um, you know, do you think that uh, we're not as susceptible to giving away the same type of goal? Do you think that sort of weak underbelly that we've probably had, uh, you know, thrown at us a few times um, is, is now gone? I don't think it's gone. Um, it's still there. We've seen from the goals we can see the last week were goals. They were harking back to United. The goals that they scored are goals that Watford scored, that Stoke scored, that Leicester scored. Hmm. They're simple long ball goals. We still have. That's a whole other conversation, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest about it there. Like, Realistically, Van Dijk is—he's looked top class, and he has—he oozes confidence, and he the way he, walks, he struts, like he genuinely just struts around the place. Mm. I, I, he struts around like he owns the pitch, mm. um, which is what you want from the centre half. But you need another one beside him. Yeah, it's it, it, the the right week. Every team has a weak link. It's the old Rafa saying of to do, but you can't cover everything. Mm. You're gonna leave something exposed somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're starting to manage it. We, we with the way the club system, the way we play, the way we set traps, the way we press, we're not as as susceptible as we have been. But there, there's still tweaks to the, to be made to the system, obviously. Okay, and and Al, now you're back with us, mate. I'll, I'll I'll come to you. Just lower the camera, just a touch there, mate, just so we can see you, if you don't mind. Thank you, mate. Um, yeah, just just on that because we've just been talking about leaders, and I, and I think it's underplayed a little bit now. The, in my personal opinion, you know, the impact that a good leader has on a side, and you know, you as a as a fullback, you know, a lot of the time you would have leaders at centre back instructing not only the people in front of them in terms of shielding, tracking the runners, but also then the fullbacks. You know, some of the players that you've played with, uh, you know, alongside you at centre back. Um, you know who've been some of the most influential, and how much um, how much support would they give you throughout the game? Well, like your leads on the pitch are vital, and I played with a I don't know whether when he's remember a centre half of Forest, probably five foot ten, Colin Cooper. Yep. 
Well, I mean, you know, you look at Coops and you, you know, you'd think he'd get bullied all around the pitch. He was five foot ten, centre half, probably about eleven stones soaking wet. <laughs> Unbelievable play. Hmm. Unbelievable. Just you know, screaming on the pitch, demanding stuff off you. If you're out of position, he's screaming at you to get your cover on it. You know, I went to Forest with big money at a young age. Hmm. And you know what? The likes of him was—he was an unbelievable help for you, just by you know his vocal presence all the time. And as I say, you weren't a physical presence, hmm. but no, you know, you won all his aerial battles. You won, and he was just an absolute. He, de- he demanded such standards from everyone. He was the club captain, hmm. um, and the, the, the year we won the league, for us to get back promoted, he, he was phenomenal as a leader. Yeah, he really, really wasn't. His vocal presence was second to none. And would you would you share those sentiments, Danny? You, I mean, you were a captain yourself, um, you know, across various clubs. Um, what, first of all, I'd say, you know, what type of ca- captain did you try to be on the pitch, and and also what type of captains did you like to play with on the pitch? Myself, I, I probably led by my actions, really. Um, try and get the players on board. I had great player in Joseph Endo. He was a lot more experienced and seen a lot more than me. You kind of guide me as a captain. Mm. But I, yeah, but yeah, but I think if you've got experienced players around you, I think it helps. Mm. Um, okay, I did sign organise and get lads in shape, or you, you know what certain lads you need to give a roll to, yeah, or you need some lads, you know, you need the arm around it, and I think. I tried to get better at that as I, as I got, got a little bit older. Mm. Alan installed me as captain this year at Skem. <laughs> Oh yeah, for the, for the, for those listeners that don't know, uh, Al is uh, is the manager of Danny, so they can tell us some stories at the end of the podcast. <laughs> left Skem, um, tough club, but we had a lot of young lads there, and it's hard to get into the lads' heads. They come to academies, they're stuck in academy football. They've come to a club like Skem. It's, There's no hiding place, is there? No hiding. You're playing against proper men. Yeah. Turn into the shell, and then, as I said, I try and lead by actions, and frustration can give you the wrong reaction at times. And for me, who's the best captain I played with? Couldn't really tell you to be honest with you. Um, Could be must have been shy then. <laughs> Um, did we have uh, Al when, we, when you came to Rackington I think Peter Cavana was a captain oh yeah yeah now he was a young lad um, someone I thought he led by his actions also weren't very vocal because we had a good set of lads hmm. And I, and, and I think what what's kind of been thrown at this Liverpool team, which is why I kind of brought it up, I suppose, is their ability to manage games. And I, and I, I, still, I think we're getting a little bit better at this. But, you know, uh, for, for, for anyone with, with half a football brain, you know, sometimes the, you can feel the game shift away from you. And that's OK. What you need to say to each other is, look, for the next 10 minutes, we just batten down the hatches. We, give not, we do nothing silly. Let's not try and play the expansive football. Let's just try and shut up shop. And I, and I think, you know, Steve, we've had many a conversation about this, mate. You know, there has been a, a bit of a shift now, I think, uh, you know, particularly, um, you know, in European games, you know, you look at the way we managed the Porto away game. You know, that was very cool, composed, calm. I think there's, there was a bit of a shift, but it's, a, it's different when you're three, four, five nil up. Yeah. It's, I think too much comes, too much has to come from the sideline. There's not enough on-pitch management. Um, there's not enough 
don't love thinking for themselves. Um, there's no fucking owl arse in the team. That's a nasty fuck that's going to just say, right, we're shutting this down. Yeah. You know, it, and there's times when you need, like, the two guys obviously able to tell you better. Like, there are times, like, I played a high enough level. Oh, obviously, nowhere near the lads. Like, but there's times when you need a lad that's experienced. It's going to just turn around and go, no, we're not going. If you're playing, if your fullbacks are bombing on, you just turn around and go, no, we're just going to see. We'll take, take five minutes out of the game. We'll just kill it off. off. Mm. There's not, not enough of that on the pitch. Yeah. I think there's a lack of that in English football, if you, to be brutally honest with you. you know, I agree with you, yeah. 100% agree with you. It's gone out of the game. Because we're batting that one. If, you just, if I go take it to the Tottenham game against Juventus, mm. anyone who knows anything about football, Tottenham were miles the better team over them two legs. Yeah. Miles the better team. Now, Tottenham went one up at Wembley. And still... Still, we're plowing forward, plowing forward, trying to get another goal. Now, you look, now for me, that's just, they haven't got the leaders. And I, I look at Pochettino as well, me there, and just say, you know, that's his experience where they're still going, going, going against an exceptional Juventus team. Now, if you flip the coin over the other side, Juventus get two goals quickly, centre forwards off, defender on, bang. You've got blocks, and you, Tottenham could still play now. They wouldn't have scored. The Arlars and the Leeds is like that. What's his name? The centre half, Chilean, is it? Yeah. yeah. He's throwing his head and his face to block shots. <laughs> I, I don't think that we've got that in the Premier League or in, our, in any of our top flight um, clubs in England. I think there's an and I think I totally agree. Man, I'm quite old school in in the way that I view the game and I like the games to be played. And and I think now you know it's probably going another podcast in itself. But I think there's a lack of physicality in the game now, and it's probably born out of that that these type of yeah. centre backs can't impose their natural game because it's basically becoming like basketball in a way now. You know, you see players yeah. feign an injury all the time, um, and 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 I think that's brought about a new centre back. So so Danny mentioned him before, a John Stones. You know, these ball-playing centre-backs, it seems like yeah. there's a shift now and teams want, you know, their, their centre-backs to play from the, the back. Yeah. Well, there is, I mean, you know what, Danny's works in the academy. I've worked in academies for a while, I've barely in that. And, you know, you get your syllabus of what you're doing and nothing in the academy structure is defended. Hmm. There's no there's no, there's no no sessions where you go, right, what are we doing tonight? It's defended. It's playing out from the back. It's playing through the midfield, it's playing through the wide areas, it's playing through the front, uh, the front men. Mm. These are all the syllabus what you've got to stick to to the academy. Mm. Now, there's no syllabus where it says, I'm going to take me back four and hammer them for 30 minutes yeah. and to defend. defence. Because they're more interested in, can he play out from the back? Mm. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, we'll, we'll sign him. Mm. Not the fact, can he stick his head in the way? Can he block the tackle? Yeah. You know, it's all about let's play him out from the back. So it's literally a dying art. I personally think it's dying out. And you see when you when, when you get players who go on loan to the lower leagues, you don't understand the physicality of the game and how it affects the team. Mm. You see, that's when some of them struggle. I think the lads who go out on loan now from the likes of Liverpool, they go to a football inside. They keep the environment similar so they don't get too spooked. It's funny. It's funny you should say that because uh, we were having a chat. Uh, my my nephews at, at Liverpool's academy, and we were having. A, my brother was having a chat with Alex Inglethorpe, and he said to Alex Inglethorpe, "He said, look, obviously the the school want him to play." 
um, what what he thinks best. And Alex said, let him play for as long as possible. I want him to get used to the horrible pitches. I want him to get used to the to the non-perfect environment. So when the lads come here, they realise how privileged they are, which I thought was quite a poignant point. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm, I'm bringing my, my under-12 to the Pearl City Centre on Sunday morning. Pitches up a hill. It's bobbly. It's wet. It's going to be uh, boggy. But there's kids in there from the centre of Liverpool who are nasty kids. And it's just a test of mentally. Character building. Yeah, I'll be acting and I'll see, and then I'll know I'll get a picture of where where our players are and what they're all about. And the ones that come through it, you can go, yeah, I like him. Yeah. So, right, lads, we've been we've been talking for an hour, so I want to I want to move it on a little bit. First of all, I'll, I'll get your your predictions for for tomorrow, and I'll come to to you first, D. Um, I think we smash them four now. Oh, yeah, I love this optimism at the moment, mate. You're absolutely you're, you're no, no, brimming with it. I love it. I don't know what the fuck is that? Really? No idea. I just think I think we'll get space if they decide to play. Uh, Holobas is out tomorrow as well. Uh, they're left full. Okay. Um, so if we get whoever their fullbacks are. It'll be Yama on the right, uh, Prodel and Mariapa hmm. play against Arsenal. And to be fair about Mariapa, he's not a Premiership centre half in my opinion from what I've seen of him. I just think the sound they leave so much space between the fullbacks. The fullbacks just want to bomb on, and if they do try and do what they're doing against Arsenal, there'll be so many gaps for Salah and Mane that I just can't see anything else. Good man. What about you? Al? What's your gut on tomorrow? I think we. We'll, I think we. We'll, we we'll, obviously. I think we'll win if we turn going for two 0 mate. Should we be listening to you though after your your day at the bookies today, mate? Well, I'm back up now after John ends and the nine o'clock with Dundalk. So, <laughs> so you're off the hook. Until I ask you, did you? You didn't give me that one until I asked you then. No, you, you moan too much. <laughs> what about you, Dan? What's your prediction for tomorrow? Tell me. What's your prediction for tomorrow, Dan? The full me tomorrow. Yeah. So we got we got a we got a full house. I'll go I'll go two 0 I think it'll be uh, similar to the the Newcastle game. I think we'll st- you know they'll they'll keep it tight, not much space, uh, but sh- slowly but surely we'll find a gap and uh, our man Mo will take it. Um, lads, I want to finish on one question that I want to ask you all, and we've kind of touched on sort of uh, you know best players that we played with and, and, and things like that. Um, I'm going to come to, to, to you first, Al, and I'm going to ask you if you could replay one match in your career, uh, what would it be and why? And then same question to you, Dan, and same question to you, Steve. It, it, I, want, I want to know a particular moment uh, or game that you've played and, and why it stands out in the memory. Um, that's a tough one, though. Probably the... Um, one of the most nerve-wracking games I've ever played in my career was when we played Redden at home at Notts Forest. We needed to to beat them to clinch the league title um, because there was us and I think there was us in Middlesbrough. We were both going for it and Sunderland started the season really poor. But then they went on the run about, I think they went on the run about 30 games unbeaten. And we uh, we got a big result to Birmingham away the week before and we were playing Redden at home and it was the most nerve-wracking game ever, and Chris Bart Williams scored at the um, 
about the 80s, I think it was about the 87 to 88 minute. Mm. But the tension of the game, and I've, I've never played in anything so intense in my career. It was really, you know, one of them games where you just you're terrified to make a mistake, and the pressure was phenomenal. Yeah, and the relief of when he scored in the 89th minute was, you know, it was it's always it's always stuck with me. I'd say that was some celebration on the way home. Well, it was at, it was at Forest. Oh, was it? Yeah, it, it was it was. Um, there was some, there was some party. I can tell you that. <laughs> Good. Some good drink cultures there. <laughs> what, what about you, Dan? The game that sticks in my mind is one of the FAA Cup finals that we won at Sligo. Um, you know, the, the first two we won on penalties. Keen Kelly saved four penalties in each each final, but the the, the third final against um, Drogheda, where we won three two. Um, late on in the game, I think, I think that was brilliant because um, we didn't play well that day, but we had a lot of fans there. Hmm. It was my last game in Sligo, um, and I actually enjoyed the game, even though I had a nightmare to be honest with you. Because I just always thought we, were, we I knew we were going to win. Hmm. I think it was Eldon who scored in the last. They scored. They equalised in the last minute, and I think we scored in. In the ninety, the ninety-first minute, Eldon um, to win three-two. Wow, what a way to go out! Yeah, it was. And I played well. I went to Derry, then and played the other game. I was going to say to you, this my last game for Derry in the FAI Cup final, which we lost to St. Pat's. Um, I've been out for two months with a knee injury, and I ended up playing a comeback to play in the final. I played full-back and made the mistake for their goal, actually. I did the post and I thought it was going to come back and hit me and go in and I kind of hesitated and it spun off the post and went in but if I could go back and play a game I'd go back to the dead one so I could clear that ball off the line and see where we ended <laughs> It's weird how those things stick in your mind isn't it? Yeah, well, you got that. You get that on Twitter and everything nowadays, so you don't want to let you forget it, do they? So. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Any games that stick out in your memory, mate? Yeah, there's loads, but I'm not going to compete with the fucking lads. There was a game for the school. We, um, the school I went to, we won um, won all Ireland's and the whole, like Danny probably now. Like, skills football in Ireland's quite high level. Like we played at one stage, we we eight Irish internationals playing with. On, on our team, like, and under 16, so decent enough, like, hmm. and um, we got to an all Ireland semi-final and got beaten on penalties. I'd scored twice and then missed a penalty. Oh. <laughs> scored twice, scored in, like, 92nd minute to get it to, or sorry, scored uh, 90th minute to get it to extra time, scored last minute of extra time to get it to penalties and then missed a penalty. Oh, you're joking. So you'd go, yeah. you go back and, and stick it in the other corner. I go back and not try and chip the key. Oh, you're one of them. Oh no, mate. Oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't my best man. <laughs> uh, right. I'll, I'll, on that note, lads, I'm gonna let you get back and enjoy the the rest of your Friday night. Um, I'll thank you all for your time. Uh, look forward to hopefully having you again. Um, it's been my, my pleasure. Um, hope you've all enjoyed it. Um, just a quick mention before we go, 
uh, to our sponsor. Thank you, Anne Janssen, um, uh, for the support. They'll be our, our sponsor throughout the rest of this season. Uh, as I said before, if you want to uh, want to reach out to Jan on Twitter, it's IPTV for all, and he'll be able to sort you out a good discount if you use LFCDT. Um, thanks all for listening. Um, hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll be back next week um, with some more from the Tactics Board. Take it easy. What's the recipe for surprising the kids, treating yourself, and ditching dish duty? Order in your Pizza Hut faves like original pan, original stuffed crust, and more. Order now at PizzaHut.com. No one out pizzas the hut. Prices and participation vary. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.